Hey folks, this is Tyler Not Gregson from Chasers of the Light, and you are listening to the Signal Fire Podcast, the show that dives into life, the universe, poetry, and just about everything else. As always, there's a lot more info on tylernot.com, and we would love to see you there. Now, on with the show. What's up, friendos? It's another uh, Sunday edition of the Signal Fire. Friendos, isn't that on No Country for Old Men? That creepy guy, I would say. Friendo, I think. The guy with the weird little Lord Fauntleroy haircut that killed everybody with the cattle prod thing. Oh, man. Anton Sugar. That was his name. I don't know why I remember that. Maybe because he was so creepy and so memorable. Uh, <laughs> man, the tangents I go on in this place are ridiculous. But in a weird way, this one actually kind of ties in. Uh, today is the 21st day of the first month of the year 2024. <laughs> That's a really hard way of saying January 21st, 2024. And it's called A Hidden Life in Things. And I guess if you really wanted to to wax poetic about Anton Sugar, you could realize that there was definitely a hidden life going on in that guy. Um, clearly, as he had a lot of deep-seated issues that came out in very gross ways. But still, if you were to unpack him, I, I guarantee there would be some interesting stuff back there. The hidden life in Anton Sugar. Um, ooh, maybe that's a good idea for a book or a movie you should write about him how he came to be him a prequel to no country for old men oh i like it anyway today we're going to be talking about the hidden life and things and you know it makes sense that that's what we're talking about on this one because it is a tangent that i went on and that tangent is what led to this entire signal fire and that's pretty cool so I'll quit my tangenting, and we'll just get into it. Let's do it. It's called The Hidden Life and Things. As always, there's a photograph. This photograph was taken in a castle in Wales, and it is in old, old lock, and it says Squire Old English on it. It was hanging on a castle gate. I think they used to go to the dungeons, where Anton Sugar would probably feel right at home. Oh, my God. Let's go. Here we go. It was rubber bands in the end, rubber bands and an old lock, the word squire, an old English, still somehow legible after years of rust and spider webs, that kicked off my insatiable curiosity. This is a thing you should know well by now, you who have been around this place longer than the rest, though it might come as brand new, perhaps even surprising, for any new to this place, this signal fire. I have long been a noticing soul, one who wanders the world around me finding, often, whether I like it or not, the tiniest details, the most seemingly insignificant pieces of flotsam and jetsam that wash up on the shores of our days. Hell, I wrote a whole book about this with my wife, Miracle in the Mundane, about how this strange way of walking through a life can actually be a a practicable skill and might just be the secret to a more fulfilling life. You can click on that if you want to order Miracle in the Mundane. It's really awesome. It's really I believe this still, as I believe hiding in the most mundane situations, the most commonplace of items or interactions or places, our entire lives, entire souls, the fingerprints and the echoes of the people who made them, 
who spent time there, who fell in love or changed their stars or took a risk or grieved or laughed or felt their heart race out of the cage in their chest. All around us, a million different stories, a billion different songs, all singing out with lyrics only they know. And in the end, it was rubber bands that really lit this point on fire for me. Rubber bands and that old steel lock hanging from that old steel gate on a castle in Wales. When preparing for one of my matchbook posts before Lady G was so graciously donating her time to the videos, I stumbled across a video about how rubber bands are made. That's it. I have always been a fan of that Discovery Channel class. Or cl Discovery Channel class. What, is it a class? I guess. <laughs> that show. Um, how it's made. Do you remember that? How it's made. It's a, I think it ran for like eight years. Uh, so as if on autopilot, I clicked the damn video about rubber bands and I found myself in complete and total awe. Here were dozens and dozens of people, all with extremely specific jobs, working together to create these little indispensable items that I would wager most of us never even pay a single thought to. They're just there, aren't they? Did you know that more than 30 million pounds of rubber bands are sold in the United States each year alone? 30 million pounds. <sighs> That's a lot. I watched as each person completed their task, ranging from wrestling massive spools of natural rubber to packaging them into boxes, and my mind started evaporating up and off and imagining the lives of them all. Where they went after they clocked out, what they ate, what they dreamed of when they laid their heads on their pillows, and whether or not those dreams were about rubber bands at all. I realized, somewhere along that deep rabbit hole my brain happened to fall down this time around, that there's a truth in this world we fail to acknowledge far too often, especially as we catapult headfirst towards such a consumption-focused society. We have no idea in the end how the things we buy, consume, use, and then waste are made. We forget, don't we, that there were so many people, so many techniques and unique skills and elements behind every single thing we consume, every single thing we end up throwing away, and that entire lives are supported by those people doing this. All they create, all they make, sell, distribute, and deliver supports a network of humanity behind the scenes. Now multiply that by infinity for everything we call disposable. <clears throat> I am not here to preach to you about capitalism, <laughs> we, we know that, about our wanton consumption on this planet, though my mind did spill rapidly down another rabbit hole about the waste that we as a species produce. Did you know that in the United States alone, people waste 80 million tons of perfectly edible food every single year? That totals up to, <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat for this. 149 billion meals, friends. And we're quite literally tossing away $444 billion worth of food annually, just in the United States. <sighs> anyway, I digress again. I'm not here to say that you needed a wake-up call about what we're buying, no. I am saying that there's an opportunity for a practice here that I believe can pay some pretty impressive and serious dividends. I suppose it's literally one of the massive themes of the Miracle in the Mundane book we wrote, but it is worth reiterating. We can be mindful of what we use, and in doing so, cultivate a much deeper sense of empathy within ourselves. 
It has been proven time and again that the greater our capacity for empathy, the happier we'll end up being. One of those counterintuitive little gems of knowledge that you can't unlearn, and you're better for it. The more you care for others, the happier you are. Simple as. If we can start small, practicing with baby steps and amplifying our own empathetic capabilities, the rewards will be great. For those on the receiving end of this empathy, yes, but also for ourselves. We can start simply, small, by just introducing some small thought experiments into our days. Each time we pick something up that we did not make ourselves, stop a moment and imagine the life of the person who did make it. Even if machine created, somehow, someone had to make that damn machine, and my goodness, what a little marvel that is. <sighs> Hold the item, let your curiosity go, and if you have the time, even investigate how that little thing came to be, how it was crafted, and take a moment to look, to see the hands connected to the arms, connected to the bodies of the people who did that work. Then, before tossing it aside, first I beg you, see if you can use it again and again before sending it to the bin. There is a hidden life in things, and I think we humans are experts in infusing our souls in the things we do, the strange creations we help bring into existence. We are prayer flags, all of us, designed to fray and float off on the breezes our life sends searching. Pieces of us go everywhere, in the words we write, the songs we sing, the jobs we do, and if we bother to stop long enough to listen, we can hear this great cosmic hum, this universal ohm that is everywhere, in everything, connecting us to some great tapestry we forget we're all a part of. Still in the first month of twelve this time around, I would love to use this time to remind you that small changes can lead to monumental shifts, and this is one I've long believed to be worth it. The more we notice, the more we truly see, and the more we see, the more we feel, the more we connect with our own internal truths and the great big everything that just won't stop stirring around us. Rubber bands and a steel lock, the reminder I needed of the sheer size of this beautiful place and the people that inhabit it. The hidden life of things, those fingerprints calling out in echoes, those souls of those that put their time and sweat and blood and care into them. What a thing. What a thing. <sighs> there you go. The haiku. Hidden life in things. Echoes of the fingerprints. Souls of who made them. I really like the haiku picture on this one. So if you don't see it because you're listening with your ear holes, go look with your eyeballs. It's stacked on a massive pile of rubber bands. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> oh my God, I love you a lot. Also, there's a song. This is a cover of In the Bleak Midwinter by Wolf Alice. And it is so, so stunning. So if you haven't yet, go listen, go look. Um, there's plenty more on tylernot.com. Uh, I'm really trying hard this winter to get more people to join the paid community because it really does keep the lights on here. And it's it might seem like it's not a huge deal if you do or don't, but for me, it literally changes my life and it lets me keep writing this and recording this because it takes me hours to do all of this. No guilt shaming there, but just a reminder. Uh, anyway, I love you a lot. Have a rad day. And as per usual, I will see you next week.
this beautiful signal fire intro and outro music was graciously provided by my best buddy, Gregory Allen Isakov. If you're not yet listening, you're missing out. Head to GregoryAllenIsakov.com for more. Thanks, buddy. I love you.